Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. It's great to have you here, Travis, back from cold Ohio, but now you're in my warm embrace. Ooh. <laughs> Finally. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Fernando hey, is ben. also with us. How you doing, Fernando? I'm doing so good, Ben. I know you learned a little bit of Russian over this past week, and uh, did you want to talk to us at all in this new tongue of oh, yours? Yeah. Well, actually, we I've known it for a while. You do so, know so, Russian? Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I know enough like a three-year-old. So, you know, Privet imya Fernando. Ooh, what does Whoa. that mean? Hello, my name's Fernando. Oh, Ooh. no kidding. Yeah. Right to the gulag. Whoa, the gulash. <laughs> Send him to the Hague. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're going to talk about what's going on, obviously, with Russia and Ukraine, specifically, as always, from the American perspective. In this case, also from the American celebrity class perspective, a.k.a. musicians that were once super famous and are now super crazy. Mm. Maybe they always were, and we just didn't know. So we have some fun sound for you coming up. Uh, You can hear for yourself what some people think. And as far as their love of Vlad, I'll never get it. But uh, (laughs) they seem to uh, really want to be close to their new boy. Before all of that, there's something important happening. The Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. Clarence Thomas, uh, he is currently, I believe, still in the hospital. Uh, However, they are saying he will recover. Mm -hmm. But that is an indication, and that's something Travis and I were talking about on the way to the studio today. There's a new class in town as the old guard of the Supreme Court, as the old guards on the Supreme Court are checking out to go see the big judge in the sky. <laughs> you could put it that way. In, in Stephen Breyer's case, he is just retiring, of course. For now. But that is, of course, open the door to a new judge, a historic appointment, Kentaji Brown Jackson. Absolutely. So as promised on the campaign trail, Biden said he would appoint a black female judge. Mm-hmm. Kentanji Brown Jackson has won that prize. Is it such a win? And of course, you have to go be grilled by senators who are desperately trying to make talking points for their upcoming campaign ads. As again, the theater that is our process when it comes to electing Supreme Court justices, it is, I'm starting to think, so flawed, we don't even need to do it anymore. <laughs> I mean, what could be flawed about it, Ben? It's uh, The entire process is led by 89-year-old Chuck Grassley <laughs> and other 89-year-old Diane Feinstein. I didn't understand what <laughs> Chuck Grassley was saying. Again, he's supposed to die this year if you listen to our episode around New Year's. That was a Ben prediction. That's a Ben prediction. He's still going to Dairy Queen, so it ain't <laughs> out of the cards yet. I don't know what the hell he said, and uh, Miss Jackson is sitting there like, like I like you have to answer these questions in a professional manner. I think <laughs> yeah. overall she's done a good job. But of course, when it comes to Kavanaugh, the social issue, the thing that Dems uh, thought might help them out in a political sense when it comes to reelections and things like that, obviously, when mm-hmm. it comes to Kavanaugh rape and sexual assault, uh, the notebook that he kept for many, many years. Yes, that was the big talking point. Now, for some reason, Amy Coney Barrett, who I believe is one of the craziest people to ever sit on the Supreme Court. She just kind of walked in that and then no everyone's like, yeah, she's in. That's yeah. fine. The Kavanaugh hearings were very long and drawn out. Yes. And the Amy Coney Barrett 
hearings happened. Happened. That's <laughs> But that, now we are on to race as the big topic of conversation as the senators grill Kentanji Brown-Jackson over a series of things such as, do you think babies are racist? Uh, What's your religion? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some sound here in a second. I used to have a lot of faith in this approval process, and I used to truly believe the Supreme Court was almost holy, honestly. Yeah. But then Obama was elected president and Mitch McConnell did not let him elect a Supreme Court judge. Of course. He, he what is it? Uh, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland, now yeah. our attorney general. He, uh, he could have. I mean, it's a lateral move. I'm not going to cry for Merrick Garland because, right. oh, my God, he just got to be the attorney general. Yeah. That's like Ted Kennedy being like, because I killed that woman, I couldn't win the presidency sure. and I had to be a senator forever. Aww. OK, cry me a river. Mm -hmm. But yes, to America that point, was robbed. Mitch McConnell mm -hmm. not allowing a vote one year before a general yep. election because he didn't want to politicize the process. Of course, that was just nothing more than a lie. Yeah, I mean, that, of course, happened under the because of the untimely passing of Antonin Scalia. That's right. Uh, he died when he was out on a hunting trip in Texas, and mm. it was very unexpected. But it did, happened did, during- Did Dick Cheney shoot him? <laughs> uh, almost. You know, oh, yeah. you guys right. You'd think it. Uh, but yes, uh, Obama uh, was obviously president, and they didn't want a conservative judge to be replaced with a liberal judge. Mitch McConnell hijacked the whole process. But to Fernando's point, you're absolutely right. In the 90s, mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty- It was like, uh, even RBG, she got approved 90-some votes to yeah. like- three or seven you know there used to be your outliers where like they pick one small thing and we're like yeah i'm not gonna vote for this person but obviously back clarence, in the day, clarence thomas uh kavanaugh was kind of clarence 2.0 sure uh, that was one of those very contentious uh you know, process that contentious process and to be frank a lot of people who are still in power that were in power then <laughs> yes Clean. Had a lot of very interesting things to say to Clarence Thomas. Yeah, Joe Biden included. Yes. Uh, I believe he went after Anita Hill, who is the woman mm. who was, uh, you know, right. charging. He went after Anita yeah. Hill. Exactly. Right. So, um, but to Fernando's point, it used to be a lot more bipartisan because it literally was just, are you qualified to be a judge? Right. right. And that was basically it. And in Katanji Brown Jackson's case, she's already been approved by the Senate of for course. lesser judgeships, not the Supreme Court, multiple times. She's gone in front of these exact people. Right. Mm. Many times she knows them, which I also think um, sort of explains when she I'm not going to say she looked perplexed because of some kind of ignorance. I think there is a perplexion because some of these questions are so asinine so and you just have to sit there like, why? I could be anybody. Right. This is just your time to grandstand specifically someone like douchey McDouche nut Senator <laughs> Josh Hawley, who had the audacity to say that Kentanji Brown Jackson supports child porn. What uh, are we doing? Well, he I was, have a feeling she doesn't. <laughs> right. She he was accusing her of going soft on on child pornographers. It's uh -huh. a federal crime. So that goes in front of federal judges. Sure. Um, and it's an absolutely uh, ridiculous assertion. It's, it's the same lie. thing because she you know, she was a public defender. She's actually one of the few Supreme Court justices in our history who used to be a public defender. Um, I believe uh, a previous uh, historic appointment, Thurgood Marshall. He had also defended Defended criminals, but it's it's a rare thing. You have a lot of prosecutors and you have a lot of corporate lawyers who end up on the Supreme Court historically. And again, Josh Howley just speaking out of his ass. This is not about uh, the confirmation process. This is about his political future. Mm -hmm. And this is what he had to say regarding a um, regarding his support for high court nominees. He says, not for this court, I haven't. For the U.S. Supreme Court, when it comes to uh, supporting someone who has a, quote, similar record on child porn sentencing cases. So this is red meat. This is something that, again, makes our process so disgusting. And it's mm -hmm. really quite unfortunate that even the kids can't even watch these things anymore. But I'm fairly certain back in the day this was supposed to go and make you have or, or give you a little faith in the American system. What stands out to me about this is not that he didn't do this in a kind of like a formal way or during the, you know, during the actual in, the questions of her. He tweeted this. So he's just trying right. to reach a base and he's not he doesn't have to correct the tweet. He just has to get the tweet out there. And it doesn't matter what really happened. He got his followers listening and he got them thinking this. The inception Absolutely. has been laid. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of wacky followers, South Carolina, of course, we got ham and biscuits, y'all. He's got <laughs> ladybugs. We all know what that means. 
South Carolina has recently now allowed for firing squad executions, which just to show you how far we are gone when it comes to human rights and uh, just protecting human dignity. To me, this is actually kinder than what they have been doing in South Carolina, which is giving people an injection of a poison that barely works. And then it takes about 15, 20 minutes before you slowly die to death as if you were in some kind of smut film that billionaires Uh. watch to go to bed. So South Carolina, (laughs) you can now be killed with the firing squad, and they are doing that out of the goodness of their hearts. Lindsey Graham had the audacity to discuss religion with Miss Brown, mm-hmm. and I don't know why this was brought up. I don't care uh, what religion the Supreme Court justice is. As a matter of fact, there's supposed to be a separation mm-hmm. yeah. between their personal beliefs and how they legislate or how they uh, legally analyze right. cases from the bench. Of course, legislation from the bench is something that we don't want to see. We want to see them interpret the law, not create the law. But let's play Lindsey Graham talking here about religion and i don't know what the point of any of this is and i don't know how this is going to help us the american people know how Kentanji brown jackson is going to be as a scotus yeah exactly it's a it's a lot of republicans trying to score political points and that is what's so sad about as fernando said what was once a holy process and also whenever these hearings happen it's for the scotus everyone should have to wear little balls on their chins Oh, that would be Scrotus. I know what's going on. Oh, God, you can imagine if those seats could talk. Let's just play this clip of Lindsey Graham going ham, y'all. Thank you, uh, Judge. Again, congratulations. I want to talk to you a little bit about family and faith because in your opening Lindsey statement, he knows about family. people who <laughs> yes, uh, introduced you to the committee, uh, there was very shit. glowing praise of uh, you as a person, a good friend. Uh, you have a wonderful family. You should be proud, and your faith matters to you. What faith are you, by the way? Why is he? Mm. Senator, I am um, Protestant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> non denominational. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Could you fairly judge a Catholic? <laughs> Senator, I have a record of I think the answer would be yes. judging everyone. I believe you can. I'm just <laughs> asking this question because how important. Is your faith to you? Oh my God, what do you know? Why? Senator, personally, um, my faith is very important. Um, but as you know, there's no religious test in the Constitution under, under Article 6. And there will be none with me. And <laughs> that checks out. Um, that does, that check, does out. check out. It's very important to set aside one's personal views. Mm-hmm. Yeah about things in the role of a judge. I couldn't agree with you more, and I believe you can. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 to 10. How faithful would you say you are? What does it mean? What is this? In terms of religion. You know, I go to church probably three times a year, so that speaks poorly of me. (laughs) At least he's telling the truth there. Do you attend church regularly? Well, Senator, I am reluctant to talk about my faith in Mm -hmm. this way just because I want to be um, mindful of the need for the public to uh, have confidence in mm. my ability to separate out my personal views. Hell yeah. Well, how would you feel if a senator up here said, your faith, a dogma lives loudly within you and that's of concern? How would you feel if somebody up here on our side said, you know, you attend church too a, much uh, for me or your faith is a little bit different to me? Oh, yeah. And they would suggest that it would affect your decision. Oh, I understand. Would you find that offensive? Senator, I'm... I'm... I would if I were you. <laughs> I found it offensive when they said it about Judge Barrett. Oh. The reason I ask these questions is not even I have no doubt that your faith is important to you, and I have zero doubt that you can adjudicate people's cases fairly if they're an atheist. If I had any doubt, I would, I, I would say so. But the only reason I mention this, Judge... You're reluctant to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Just imagine what would happen if people on late-night television called you an effing nut speaking in tongues because you practiced the Catholic faith in a way they uh, couldn't relate to or found uncomfortable. So, Judge, you Mm, should be proud of your faith. I am convinced that whatever faith you have and how often you go to church, 
it will not affect your ability to be fair. All right, All there right. we political go. Political points, political there. points, political points. What was the question? There was no question. From that one to was... ten, was there a question? <laughs> From all of this was, of course, I mentioned Kavanaugh for a reason. Obviously, uh, Lindsay was mm -hmm. mentioning Amy Coney Barrett. That was one of the criticisms uh, criticisms of her uh, because she is a um, I think she's much more pragmatic when it comes to how she decides cases. And her faith is so important. Mm -hmm. And she's shown how important it is in her legislative record. So I think that those questions were more valid when it comes to Amy Coney Barrett. However, with Judge Jackson, it just is not the case. Right. Despite the fact that Ted Cruz or Josh mm -hmm. Hawley want to try to make that the case. And again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, I'm so in love with Judge Jackson. She's going to be one of the most nine powerful people in the world. <laughs> and she might do horror. I don't freaking mm -hmm. know. I'm just saying in comparison to the most recent Supreme Court justices, mm. uh, it is interesting to see the um, Republicans attempting to get some revenge yeah. for how their candidates were uh, treated during this process. And again, it does make you wonder, what are we watching here other than political theater? Because most of these conversations that are important happen behind closed doors, and we only see the tip of the tip of the iceberg. They're yeah. projecting. Absolutely. Yeah, they're projecting for 2024. Yes. I mean, Josh Hawley, <laughs> well, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, these are guys who already have exploratory committees open, I believe, all three of them do. Uh, Lindsay, obviously, he gave it his best in 2016. It didn't really go anywhere. No, it didn't go anywhere, but we all got his phone number. We all got his phone number. Which was pretty nice. That was one of the nicer things Trump did for America, <laughs> I believe. It also ruined John Kasich's announcement because uh, all the news networks cut away from Kasich announcing uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, my uh, uh, home state former governor. Ugh. But I do find interesting about this, especially because you mentioned Kavanaugh. With Kavanaugh, he had to like fight back. He had to like yell. He had to like get angry, right? right. He had to like bring up his calendar, be like, it says I didn't rape in my calendar. Right. <laughs> and he had to like do this machismo white man response to all this questioning, you know, yelling at Diane Feinstein or whatever. Well, Diane Feinstein, of course, she's the one who financed, I believe it was Christine Blasey Ford. And again, when it comes to uh, political pawns, be very careful because I actually feel as if Miss Ford was used. Uh, as a political tool, tool, her life has been very difficult since then, and I don't think Diane Feinstein is giving her any freaking money out of her millions and millions and millions <laughs> right. and millions in their coffers that she has with her and her husband. Right, but for Judge Jackson's, in her case specifically, so composed the entire time, this entire day. Because there was no question. Because right. you have to know at this point, you're just almost a prop yourself and you're just there so you can have a side by side and then people can infer a whole series of things that they would like to infer onto you. And then, of course, you have Josh Hawley saying that you think that babies are racist. Mm, right. <laughs> and then you have Ted Cruz bringing children's books up. And again, nothing. To, she's not running for a head librarian. Right. This no. is for the Supreme Court. This has nothing to do with anything. Critical race theory, race in general. This is where the Republicans think they're going to win. The same way, again, when it comes to what was happening in the nation in the Me Too era, which, uh, you know, we're still obviously there are um, some positive leftovers mm -hmm. of that era uh, that I think we desperately needed as a country. But Dems thought that that was going to be a great way in discussing, you know, the relationships between, you know, males and females. Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically when it comes to a corporate setting and when it comes to a power imbalance. So for the Republicans now using race in a, as a, a political tool, right. uh, you know, it's just, do you think it's going to work, I guess? Uh, it's not going to work. The Democrats already have the votes and you're going to have a couple of moderate Republicans join them. I think the thing that bugs me the most is that you these Hollies, your Grams, your Cruises, your Blackburns, all of these senators are probably just going to vote no on her anyway mm. because – Graham sounds like he's going to be a yes. He voted yes on Kagan and Sotomayor right. and he never heard the end of it. And that's why he mm. was so bitter at Kavanaugh. At the, I believe even at the Kavanaugh hearing, that's when he, he lashed out with his shiny <laughs> South Carolina teeth and said, oh, God, I hope y'all never get power. Because yep. once you get she that said, power, you're going to shove them ham and them biscuits. But of course, when it comes to Lindsay um, being capable of understanding personable belief versus legislative action he should know more than anyone right because we know the man is gay that's not like a thing right. that's we all he we only know goes to church three times a year <laughs> well, his name is Lindsay that you doesn't know. mean <laughs> neither of those things mean that he's gay he goes to Chick-fil-a five times a year it is mostly because we know men who have sex with him <laughs> right. that is why we Confirm. know this 
But of course, uh, for the longest, for the vast majority of his legislative history, he was against gay marriage, uh, really in the way of mm-hmm. a lot of rational, progressive ideas when it comes to equality. So that is a sign, of course, that you can hold one belief to be true for yourself. And then sadly, mm-hmm. the, uh, the opposite is the one that you show the world. It's, it's, uh, it's why people have a hard time with trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he touched my ladybugs. <laughs> Whoa, Fernando, no, get in there. No, no. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> Maybe you should do a Travis. No, here, not me. I do the impression you, of Lindsey Graham here. You actually, you used to work on the, uh, on the in the Senate, and I know you were hit on by a lot of people. I wasn't hit on, but they would, uh, they would, uh, they would hit me with their eye lasers. The gay, uh, the male gaze. Oh, my God. I got hit with three <laughs> prominent Senator eye lasers. It was, uh, I, I remember I walked off an elevator, and it was like, um, my eyes like zoomed out like I saw these eyes and they were laser on me and then it zoomed out with my own eyes and it was Larry Craig Whoa! Yeah. and then the other one was Lindsey Graham and then the other one was Jeff Sessions which was weird of I even said like hey how are you and he said nothing to me oh, the Keebler elf of course Jeff Sessions someone who gave his political soul to Donald Trump only to be tore up and thrown in the trash to go and I don't know probably look at some of the images that Josh Hawley thinks that Judge Jackson supports. Uh, wow. <laughs> Where's the lie? Jeff Sessions was just horrible man. <laughs> Where's yeah. the lie? Horrible yeah. man. And there were some good casualties <laughs> within the Republican Party at the hands of the Orange Monster. Mm-hmm. So this was what Ted Cruz had to say. Yeah, Again. speaking of casualties that should have gone away from the Orange Monster. <laughs> bringing, bringing children's books to this, again, absolute political nonsense. He says, do you agree with this book that is being taught with kids that babies are racist? (laughs) And it's just not the the truth. When it comes to Ted Cruz, you know, let's just say he's having himself a week. There was another situation that happened with him at the Montana airport and flying is hard. It's stressful. You got to be there early, two hours of waiting. What? You really do. Now, previously, Ted Cruz has said every time he goes on an airplane, people, pilots, stewardesses, (laughs) other people on that plane, they go and they say, thank you so much for standing up for American freedom. They'll hug him. They'll hug him. They'll hug him. As a matter of fact. According to him. Do you want to read this quote? Yeah, I think actually we got Ted Cruz here on the the Well, we got Ted. He's calling. He's calling in live from Cabo. Wow, Cabo Wabo, the party's in the background, man. I, we can hear you. Why aren't you helping out <laughs> that, the people of Texas? Turn it down. Turn it turn, down. Turn it down. Turn down. Margaritaville. Almost without exception, every time I'm on an airplane, either the captain or a flight attendant will come up to me, will hug me, and say, Thank you for fighting for us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guarantee you, it doesn't happen. It does not happen. There's no way it happens. Again, it's more self delusion that someone like Ted Cruz has to have. Otherwise, they are going to end up massively depressed (laughs) if they would realize how truly hated they are. When it comes to Ted and his personality, to say he's prickly is a bit of an understatement. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I always think of Al Franken's old joke when he was in the Senate about Ted Cruz, uh, where he said that he actually liked Ted Cruz more than most of his fellow senators. Right. And he fucking hated Ted Cruz. He hated Ted Cruz. Of course, Al Franken, 2024. Is he going to be a surprise candidate? I think he would do very well. And he would have, at the very least, my interest... And if he continues to fight for the things that he was fighting for when he was a senator, uh, he would have my support. Who is the guy that called Ted Cruz a miserable son of a bitch? Do you oh, guys everyone. remember that? They all are. <laughs> that he was is. John Boehner. John, that was John That Boehner. was my favorite. Oh, and then John geez. Boehner even threw in the ad lib in his audio book uh, after he had read what he'd actually yes. written. He also <laughs> threw in a, seriously, go fuck yourself, Ted Cruz. <laughs> John Boehner. He was orange, but he was one of the good ones. <laughs> one of the good orange ones. Man, that guy was always hammered, smoking cigarettes. And now, of course, he's just dealing with big weed. Mm. John Boner Boehner. Not as bad as he could have been. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. 
At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Ted Cruz, he's frustrated. He's at the Montana airport and he pulls the old, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And ironically, he thought that meant people, he thought that that was going to make people treat him better. No. Um, But if I didn't know who he was, I would have been like, hey, sir, how you doing? I'm pretty polite. But then once I found out it was Ted Cruz, I'd be like, let's go to the bathroom. Yeah. Give you a little newt, a little nudgy, a swirly. That's a Larry Craig trick, I believe. Oh, my God. Tap that toe. Get It sucked. So a law enforcement officer actually had to defuse the situation. Oh, my God. And uh, this is according to Scott Humphrey, a deputy director at the Bozeman Yellowstone International Airport. They say one of our public safety officers was in the ticket lobby and was asked to assist with a frustrated passenger at the United ticket counter. And then he says, which is not unusual. Maybe United should try to help their customers more (laughs) if everyday people are mad. Anyway, (sighs) he goes on to say the passenger had missed the check-in window for his flight and rebooking options were limited out of Bozeman due to spring break. I can't believe it. So Ted was upset he couldn't go to spring break. Yeah, I mean, he wanted his uh, Cancun spring break again. <laughs> Get out of there. He's, now he's stuck in Bozeman. So. Yes. Uh, a, po- a person posted on Reddit that Ted was, quote, a, quote, accosting uh, two airline employees. You watch the clip. I mean, it's mostly just watching Ted Cruz frustrated. It makes me immensely happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just someone right. that when he's, when you when, oh, it's like Yosemite Sam when he right. throws his hat to the ground and he, and he stops <laughs> on it. Man, you get him. You go after him, Bugs. Come on now. Schadenfreude, right? Oh, yes. Get a little bit out of it. (laughs) Only because, again, uh, he's bastardizing Ted Cruz. That is the Wolverine hairstyle. Yeah, uh, it's disgusting what <laughs> so he's doing bad. with his with his beard. Well, you know why that is because everyone's making fun of his weird silly putty chin in oh, 2016. That's right. Yeah, because he's also very sensitive. Never forget how sensitive he's these poor. people are, 100%. and that is horrible. Yes, of course. Again, when it comes to projection, they're always the ones who drink liberal tears, <laughs> which <laughs> honestly makes you disgusting. Yes, it's not. Um, it's I don't want to drink anything diet. from liberals' bodies, nor um, anybody's really. Yeah, I mean. And also, if these airport security people had just called Ted Cruz's wife ugly, he would have endorsed them for president. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of president, let's move on a little bit. Just lastly, when it comes to uh, Kentanji Brown Jackson, um, it seems as if she will be nominated. Mm -hmm. She will be on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And as we said earlier on in the episode, yes, she will Mm -hmm. be confirmed to go to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And oh, what a party that's going to be. How fun is that? That's great. Hey, Amy. Hey, Kavanaugh. Hey, John. (laughs) I mean, how fun. What a great group of people to hang out with in robes. Yes. Yeah. It's a robe party. It's a robe party. And when it comes to Clarence Thomas, we'll keep you up to date. It seems like he is going to be alive. But a health scare like this, as we saw with Breyer, who actually Actually, I liked that he retired and didn't die yes. in the seat. Yeah, yes. that was nice. That uh, was a nice touch. It lets people plan stuff out. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, uh, we don't necessarily get surprised like what happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Democrats who wish that RGB, uh, or excuse me, RBG, RBG. had uh, done the same. Absolutely. But she did not. She did not. Anyway, so we'll keep you updated on that, but it looks like she will have a path to the Supreme Court. She's going to be a SCOTUS. Yay. (laughs) How wonderful is that? President, former President Donald Trump. Mm. Trumpy. So let's move on a little bit and talk about um, singers and songwriters (laughs) and just their influence on the world. Sure. Specifically when it comes to Vladimir Putin. Donald Trump had something very interesting to say. This is scary times in some ways, in real ways. Of course, we just saw the ambassador to the Kremlin Go on television and openly say, yeah, we might use nukes, right? (laughs) Basically, nothing is off the table. Right. And he also praised uh, Fox News for doing such a great job. (laughs) That was Lavrov. Oh, that was Lavrov. That was a bit different, but same thing. They're speaking uh, for the same horse's ass that is Vladimir Putin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But let's just play when it comes to Donald Trump talking about the word nuclear, nuclear. 
This is how he describes <laughs> how much Putin loves to say it. But I listen to him constantly using the N-word. That's the N-word. And he's constantly <laughs> uh, using it, the okay. nuclear word. And we never... Is this Josh Hawley again? We say, oh, he's a nuclear power. But we're a greater nuclear power. Uh, so hmm. Donald Trump, when he was meeting with Vlad behind closed doors, sitting tip to tip, <laughs> oh, evidently no. Vlad was just talking about, like, yeah, going to have nuclear war mm. the whole time. All the time. And then, uh, and then Trump would come out and be like, love him. Love this guy. Uh, yeah. Genius. So uh, those were the conversations they were having. I do love that Trump calls it the N-word. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. Isn't that funny? Uh, there are, yeah. Yes. He just, that's the one for him. That's the one for him. He, he just doesn't register. Nah. <laughs> yeah. He's so gone. Nah. Yes. And speaking of the N-word, Kid Rock, Whoa. he's back in the news. He's hanging out with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> wow. And, and he's talking about also hanging out with Trump. Isn't that but nice? With, with their, their N-word was a different N-word. It, well, it sounds out. like they had fun while playing golf. Foreign policy, it's extremely serious. When it comes to the nuclear option that Vladimir Putin, via his cronies, has said is on the table, people get horrified. Obviously, that's the big bomb. That's the one we never want to see used again. And the fact that we have a European leader openly saying it's on the table. If there is a, quote, existential threat, which I would assume means that uh, Putin has some kind of very bizarre bowel movement and uh, that could cause the entire world <laughs> to explode. Apparently, it's also just a lot of fun to hang out with Donald Trump and talk about foreign policy. Hmm. This clip from Kid Rock, despite the fact, again, that these are super serious issues, when it comes to North Korea, <laughs> they don't really have the bomb. They got like a little, they got like a kind of a little version of a dirty bomb. But hmm. nonetheless, they are constantly trying to escalate their violence and our ally in South Korea. If there was a battle between North Korea and South Korea, that is, for all intents and purposes, an attack on U.S. soil, according to the United States foreign policy so let's play kid rock talking to tucker about how great it is to to golf with donald and then also like donald really had him working on some serious stuff Ooh, put him to work where'd you meet trump did i meet trump oh got at the white house with oh, sarah palin oh, at the white house yeah, no sarah palin asked him to uh you know, was friendly with her and early right when he got elected he invited her to dinner and said bring some interesting people mm. So she said she called me and, and Ted, uh, Ted Nugent, and was like, hell yeah. Ended <laughs> yeah. up there, we ended up becoming buddies and spent a lot of time at a golf course now. And it's really weird, get phone calls from him and stuff. It's just kind of mind-blowing. What's he like to play golf with? Awesome. What? So much fun. <laughs> really? Why? He just knows how to have fun. Doesn't take it too Good. seriously. Yeah. You know, he's engaging. It's just, you're just cutting it up. Just open with politics. I, mean, I was there with him one day when the, he ended the caliphate. <laughs> he wanted to put out a tweet, and it was like, I don't like to speak out of school. I hope I'm not. Oh, but it's something oh, like, he's like, tell him, like, yeah, the tweet was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, you know, if you ever join the caliphate, you know, and try to do this, you're going to be Whoa. dead. Whoa. He goes, what do you think? I go, awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, tweet that. Tucker out. loves it. I, was like, I can't Tucker have anything better than that. But then he's, it comes out. He's it's just very, so happy to be. It's reworded and more political and like, you know, a little politically correct. And I'm like, just being pretty, you know, we're looking at maps. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, am I supposed to be like in on mm -hmm. <laughs> He's so happy. <laughs> I make dirty records sometimes. I'm like, what I do it here. You didn't think you'd have a hand. What do you that? think we should do about North Korea? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. <laughs> New Secretary of State, Kid Rock. How does he? How does he? So you're you're still playing golf with him down in Florida? Yeah, yeah. How's he seem? What's that? How's he seem? He seems great. He seems great. You know, after the election, it was you know a little you know a little different there, and but he's still saying that. Kid Rock's wearing an Adam Schiff shirt. He just cuts it up. Just starts cutting it up. It's just how sharp he is. It's incredible, and you can see now if you watch. <laughs> A Joe Biden uh -oh. interview. Oh, my God. And you watch a Trump yeah. interview. You're just like, there's there's no comparison. Yeah. And Trump, yeah, he speaks off the cuff. I understand what it's like. Sometimes you get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sometimes. But I would way rather hear somebody come from here and get it wrong once in a while than see this contrived pretty much every politician until he came along at some level. Everything was scripted. I mean, I've stood next to him in the White House and right next to him with the prepared notes and watch him read like one sentence and then just, wow, let's go. 
<laughs> you're like, this is awesome. Oh, kid right. Rock, kid, thank Whoa. you. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. He so. was almost Secretary of State. You got to run for your money, Pompeo. What Kid is Rock coming for you? Funnier than Kid Rock talking oh. with the city of the U.S. president about what to do regarding North Korea. Of course, at that time, North Korea, they were uh, acting up, to say the least. And Donald Trump, because of that, called Kim Jong-un a rocket man. Rocket man. And then right. Kim Jong-un called Donald Trump a dotard. Oh, is it reassuring to know <laughs> that, that Kid clip? Rock is on the case? No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> it does explain why he wrote that incredible song we played a few months ago, uh, the Let's, Let's Go, Go Brandon, Brandon song. Uh, uh, it, it, this explains a lot. I mean, they even show the picture there of uh, Kid Rock on the golf course with Trump. And he's a, uh, Kid Rock is wearing an Adam Schiff shirt, but it says Bull, and then has a picture of Adam sure, Schiff. absolutely. Bull the Schiff, you see what they did there. Bull Schiff, the human, uh, the human pudding that... That is Bill Schiff. (laughs) Is it Bill Schiff? It's Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. Whatever. (laughs) Who cares? Um, All right. So sticking with the musicians, I, again, musicians are so, they're so talented at certain things, Mm. mostly music. Oh. But sometimes when they start talking in the middle of a concert, you got to look around and be like, Mm -hmm. where am I? Mm -hmm. And what just happened? There's this dude, Aaron Lewis. Now, he made a song, I'm on the outside, I'm looking in. Like he's a little puppy in a window. Yeah. Um, But I think he was on the outside because he's a total buzzkill. Oh, no. Yes. And no one wanted to invite him in. (laughs) Yeah. The stained front man, Aaron Lewis, known for being a bitch and known for bitchy, sad, Dude tunes that I just don't get. I've never gotten it. Like, I'll get sad, but I'll still just like, if I'm sad, I'm still, I'm going to listen to Towns Van Zant at the very least. I'm going to listen to something with a little heart. Right. Not just some, you know, MTV creation that pretends now to be a a competent musician. Let's play the stand front man. He's talking. This is about uh, a minute and 40 seconds. And he's talking about how we need to give Vlad a chance. What? And now, Mm. again, if anyone's been following, I know everyone has been following Mariupol. One of my favorite names for a town. Unfortunately, that town is now underground, basically. It's mm-hmm. complete rubble. Um, there has been nonstop shelling of civilian targets. I just recently read an article on these new suicide drones that the Russians are now <sighs> using that can hover for 30 minutes. They find a target and then they just fight, they just bomb right down and kill grandmas because God knows uh, Putin's got a thing for grandmas and he wants them all dead. The idea that Putin's um, messaging and his, uh, what do you call, disinformation. The disinformation the propaganda, propaganda, yeah, propaganda. The fact that sure. propaganda, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it affected Aaron Lewis from Stained. <laughs> sure. But it's surprising just how many people are buying this hook, line, mm. and sinker. Yeah, yes. I mean, we've covered it. It's a bunch of Republican politicians are are believing it. The uh, the the AFPAC guy mm-hmm. believed it. So why wouldn't the lead singer of Stained eventually come around? All right, let's uh, play this sound. I'm sure he just finished singing a song about how he couldn't get hard and his girl left him. Mm. <laughs> you know, as fucked up as it sounds, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. maybe we should listen to what Vladimir Putin Oh, Whoa, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Just maybe, oh, just maybe. When Klaus Schwab and George Soros. He's so close to saying Jews. Every other <laughs> yeah, right. fucking earth destroying motherfucker all jumps on the same He almost said it. Maybe, just maybe, we should fucking take a good look mm. at that. Why are they trying to protect Ukraine so much? Oh, yeah, uh, tell me more. What do they all have to lose? Oh, no, yeah. Oh boy. I'm recording you. <laughs> Someone said it. It's all bullshit. Have you have you seen the pictures with wooden guns? Oh yeah. And and all the bodies and bodies. An example of individual in Facebook feeds. Right. Body starts moving and fucking sits up and fixes his fucking body back. Yeah. What? Well while the while the 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 person that's that's the reporter <laughs> is reporting. I have not seen that video. It's not a video. Okay. If you haven't seen that, you better start fucking looking elsewhere. The crowd is acting. Where do I find this video, Mr. Stained, sir? If you haven't seen it, oh, I heard a let's go, Brandon. Vladimir Putin actually say 
that he's fighting the deep state right now, which is the same people we're fighting, which is the uh, same really? people everywhere on the face of this earth that people are fighting oh, for freedom. You know, we need to reassess. I, I do need to really agree with that final sentence. There yeah, does the need to be part was right. a reassessment. <laughs> Is it possible when I get a ticket for a concert to have a mute button? Right. Just mm. can I get cans on for yes. when the institutionals, whatever it's called, <laughs> yeah. in between songs? Interstitials. Interstitials? Yes. Uh, God dang. That would have even... If I was into that concert, and I'm sure I'm sure he has some merit and talent, whatever. Uh, but that would have really brought me out of it. Yeah. He I would have just been like, man, you really, he really ruined it there. He, really he lost, lost that crowd. He absolutely, yeah. like, you heard them booing and going, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, no, they, yeah. they were yelling at each other. Yeah. And then he had the occasional, let's go, Brandon. Oh, my guy God. Yelling. That was uh, that was a bit much. Uh, I look forward to this guy being Trump's next pick for Secretary of War. <laughs> you know what is interesting? It is kind of funny because for the longest time, people would be like, well, you would never say that in real life. Stay, say it on Twitter, tough guy. It is funny now people are, and whatever side, I'm not I'm just saying people who are fucking crazy, um, they say it now in public. Mm-hmm. And then the, that was just a live Twitter comment section. Yeah, absolutely. And But the thing is, it's going to be a bunch of dudes, and obviously they're stay, They're sad because they're their stay in concert, um, and they're my age now, so maybe they're drunk, divorced. Um, again, probably can't get hard anymore. It seems like this was going to create <sighs> a possible violent situation given the amount of emotional, aggro male emotions uh, that make up the audience of a stained concert. I also just don't know where <laughs> these videos that he's speaking of, it's... It is so sad. Again, maybe it was on InfoWars. It's Fernando, a 4chan. It's, it's a, a 4chan, 4chan thing. Thing. Every single one of these things is a 4chan BS video. You know, I had some 4chan people telling me back when Trump was still president that everything Trump was doing in North Korea and Iran, he was going after CIA stuff in Iran and North Korea. And I, I never understood how that worked. I never yeah. understood <laughs> what how What is the CIA doing in North Korea? I'm, apparently the CIA <laughs> runs uh, North Korea, according to 4chan. Well, when it comes to the... <laughs> Kernel of truth, as we've talked about with the MK Ultra episodes, the CIA, they do a lot of sketchy stuff and there is no, no denying they're all over the world. Right. Sure, we know this. And actually, from a foreign policy perspective, from a war and peace perspective, a lot of people think the war of the future is going to be a lot of assassinations similar to what we saw in, uh, was it Somalia? Mm. With the uh, with the president that was killed. Um, where Haiti. Was in Haiti, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. With the I president mean, that was period. killed and two of those people that were on his security CIA detail trained. were CIA trained. trained. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that goes back to what I think when it comes to how do we handle this crisis? Uh, you know, there's such so many douchebags uh, right now, like Charlie uh, what is it, Charlie Crist? Kirk. Kirk Charlie Kirk. Um, he's where are the anti-war liberals now? And it's like this is not about uh, an interventionalist war scenario. Uh, no one ever wants to go into a foreign war and occupy a nation. I've been against that. We've all been against yes. that ever since this nation has been doing that. Right. This is an entirely different scenario. We were where we want to prevent that from happening, and again preserve. Um, the culture of the Ukrainian people because they deserve autonomy and they deserve the right to live. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Don't listen to the lead singer of Stained. <laughs> sure. Unless he is playing that wonderful song he, about how he's sitting he outside. He truly is on the outside looking in at everyone else having a great time. It to his to okay, they're the kernel of truth. It is weird to see the bipartisanship like go away and everyone wants, you know it's just it's i i'm well, so pro ukraine it, but i'm just saying it's weird to see both Lindsay and you know democrats kind of agreeing it's just a little bit weird it's just right, a little it bit weird well, i mean the it would make yes, it would make very excited it would make sense if we were invading saudi arabia we don't get a lot of money from ukraine i don't i mean i don't think this short or like i'm telling you like what are they giving us where is the money in ukraine if anything, it's just a strategic ally, much like a South Korea, yeah. uh, where we just need to be in that region. And again, we're there now uh, to make sure or we are helping uh, the Ukrainian government uh, you know, prepare right. for war and, de- for, and defend themselves. And for Putin, it's one of those last frontline former Soviet states right, that right. still is not part of NATO. And that was his red line that he went and said, you cannot... Let Ukraine join NATO, and now this is what he has answered with. And you wonder if NATO is going to uh, have Ukraine 
nuzzled in the bosom or if they'll see uh continue to see ukraine as a uh as a, as a cousin that you hang out with mm-hmm. but he's really not part of the family you yeah know? yeah 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 johnny johnny <laughs> yeah. johnny ukraine Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I don't think things are going great either for the Russians right now. Evidently, Putin is continuing to fire people who are quite high up in his military. Uh, So this is according to a European media report. Uh, They say that two uh, former federal security service officers are now under house arrest. I'm not going to pretend to say their names because I can't pronounce it. Um, They are reportedly detained. And they are being charged with with providing flawed intelligence about Ukraine and their improper use of operational funds. So basically, they probably told Putin everything was going to be great. And they probably told Putin that uh, same thing that Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens talk about, how Vladimir Putin's going to liberate the people of Ukraine. Right. And then Vladimir did it. And then he's like, this isn't great. And uh, these people seem to be real mad about it. And it seems as if the people that maybe encouraged him to get into this war are now the ones who are going to find themselves on the short end of the gun. Ugh. It's either or that. Or I guess the long end of the gun. Ugh. Yeah. Or the ones that told him not to do it uh, have ended up exactly. off of staff as well. I mean, basically, this is what happens in a dictatorship. Uh, I saw Max Brooks, son of Mel Brooks. Whoa. Uh, he was on uh, Bill Maher over the weekend. And uh, he made a a terrific point that dictators need to have two militaries, basically, one that goes out and attacks other countries. And Mm. then you have a secret military, a secret police that protects you. And Mm. Putin has basically uh, made it so anyone who does challenge him, challenges rationale, challenges thinking, maybe say, hey, Vlad, don't go to Ukraine. They've already been fired. They're gone. So now he's surrounded by feckless yes men who, as we can see, aren't getting the job done. And now they're going to end up meeting the same fate as people who told Putin no in the first place. What is more enticing? intoxicating than weed and booze maybe meth oh power power and that's why going back to that kid rock clip when did you first meet donald in the white house and the way he says it to go to Mm -hmm. the white house obviously to be around that level of power on a smaller scale i mean you know i've met uh uh, not william why i didn't meet buffett i met the you know forbes Oh, Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes. I, I used to hang out too. with him all the time. Steve <laughs> yeah. Forbes. And I'm like, oh, this guy, he's got a magazine and stuff. I, I always thought he was a real rich guy. Yeah. He's got to have a crunchy dude who eats donuts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, But even being around like that, you're like, whoa, this is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. you know? So when you get invited to the White House and you get to be around all that power, and then all of a sudden, you're just going to say yes to anything. Kid Rock, perhaps he hasn't changed his entire personality, but he's certainly changed the perception of his personality right right because now you see him in a political lens and again he has the right to say whatever he wants and to be fair he's smiling the entire time and i i would get blackout drunk with kid rock still Um, (laughs) nice you know but that's about where it goes right Right. to your point on that when in that clip tucker carlson it doesn't seem like he's excited to me. It seems like he's getting really, really jealous. Mm. You know how when someone's telling you this really cool story and you're like, how the fuck did they get that and not me? Well, you, you know, what was yeah, the opposite? Yeah. What was the, I mean, I guess it's not the opposite of power, but it's an opposite form of power. Tucker Carlson just wants to be cool. Yes. yes. And they oh, think Kid Rock much. is like the coolest. He <laughs> is like cool. the hippest dude around because he, he wears trucker hats and he comes for money and pretending like he didn't. <laughs> yes. 
so for Tucker, he's acting like Kid did when he went to go meet Trump at the White House. But Tucker knows all these people. He's been in politics, you know, for 30 years mm-hmm. in the D.C. circuit. So I don't think he um, he's already so bathed in power. I don't know if he gets the same energy jolt yeah. as uh, mm. as Kid Rock did when meeting Trump uh-huh. or as Tucker did when meeting Kid like that <laughs> because there were pictures yeah. of them. They went out to Kid Rock's bar uh, like they were hanging out together. And, and oh, Tucker brought his best khakis, which is so nice. <laughs> yeah, he wore his best po <laughs> And they were drinking beers. And it was like Tucker just got to be one of the boys for the first time. And that's, again, why it is so sad that these pseudo males are supporting someone like Vladimir Putin because they have no idea what true masculinity is. Ah. And they think that they found it in a man who rides his horse without a shirt. Right. That's probably <laughs> the way Kid Rock was when he met Trump was they probably would... how Trump was when he met Putin. Exactly. And I was like, this guy is uh... so cool. He's so cool to play golf with. He uses the N-word just like me. Just like me. <laughs> but no it's clear. different. It's different. Oh, God. If you really love men like this, I can get you some Fabio covers. <laughs> there you go. It's also very interesting because that is probably how uh, Putin... Uh, hires all his generals is just playing golf with them. I mean, Trump damn near hired Kid Rock to be special ambassador <laughs> to North Korea there on that golf outing. No one will do better than Dennis Rodman, but Dennis did that all himself. That's right. No one hired him. No one asked him to do it. He just went and did it. And yes, did did it end with him vomiting and maybe taking a shit in a hallway in a hotel in North Korea? Yeah, and that's oh why I God. love him. Yeah, it makes it extra cool. <laughs> it's an inside job. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we send a biological weapon. It's Dennis Rodman. I mean, I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dennis has a great heart, and uh, and of course, Dennis, I think, get got a bit enticed by power himself. Yeah. But again, it's a powerful thing to be uh, cliche, I guess, or, or redundant. Um, but there's a reason that golems exist. I would act up if I married Carmen Electra. Just so you all know. Really? I would I would act wild. Oh. I'm married to Carmen Electra. Who the fuck do you Carmen think you Electra? are? Carmen Electra? Yeah. Was that the last time you were straight? <laughs> no, I'm just saying she's hot, Ben. <laughs> Carmen Electra? That's 91. It doesn't matter if you're hot or not. Hot. She's hot. Yeah, you know, okay. no, I mean, straight, she look or, like? straight or not. I'm sure she does look very <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. She's running for governor, but I ben, believe, of right. Arkansas. It's probably the last time I was straight. 91. <laughs> we can <laughs> share job. some stories. I remember when RuPaul, I, I used to tell a stand-up joke about this it. This is my, one of my favorite. My brother had uh, the RuPaul poster. Jokes, I didn't yeah. know it was a man. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. She is a beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Love Ru. Really love RuPaul. A fantastic talent. All yeah. right. Well, speaking of intoxicating power, what's more powerful than poetry? Ooh, Ooh poems. The, the, uh, Was this poem also written by a rock star with political opinions, Ben? It was. We are in rock star corner still. And of course, we are also still talking about Ukraine and Russia. War brings out the worst in everybody, whether it be uh, Zelensky, who is now going to um, consolidate television media to make it more state run during the war. He's given its martial law. Um, so he wants one concise message. I'm against that personally. But again, war brings out the worst in everyone, including Nancy Pelosi. Oh, It was just St. Patrick's Day, and boy, isn't that fun. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi took the opportunity on St. Patrick's Day to discuss the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but she did it in a way that would make all of your iPads cry. Oh, my God. iPhones. Remember that when YouTube with the freaking... them so much. Yeah. YouTube's frontman Bono, he wrote a poem, and uh, Nancy is just dumb enough to read it. And so let's just play Nancy Pelosi reading this poem in front of a bunch of senators. They're all bald. It seems to be they're all white males at this point there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's just play a little bit of this. And then this goes into a um, into a little bit of the Irish dancing there. <laughs> What's it called? The uh, the river dance. River dance. <laughs> river dance. Yeah. Right, let's let's play Nancy. Really bring the house down. The river dance. Mm-hmm. Bono. Oh. <laughs> oh. Always, whether we're in Ireland or here, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. Uh. What? He said this. He said, Oh, St. Patrick, he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's not, it, that's not all it takes. For the smoke symbolizes an evil that arises and hides in your heart. As it breaks, 
and the evil from risen from friends, from the darkness that lives in some men, but in sorrow and fear, that's when saints can appear. No. Oh, to drive out rhyme. those old snakes <laughs> once again. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family. Mm. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine. Whoa. And St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. Wow. And then she smiles. Oh, wow. Isn't that powerful? I what believe. I keep it going because I believe like that's only the first portion. <laughs> oh Lord! It's all yours. <laughs> she is so proud of herself. Oh now, my God! <laughs> Classic. Are we ready? We are. And ready. she gives okay, it. Okay, we're ready. All right, to and welcome. now she introduces the river dance. River dance. 25th Let's see. I, I kind of want to hear this for some here reason. here in the capital of the United States. Because <laughs> it's a bunch of children that River is presented dance. in front of this group of old men, white men, mm. in this case. <laughs> River dance! Yeah. The dancing brings up their adrenochrome. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. And now the kids. You can fast forward just a little bit here because I want to see uh, Travis's. It's a. This is, again... This is now uh, what appears to be a 10-year-old girl dancing in front of Patrick Leahy. Um, <laughs> no, he's not from the Trailer Park Boys. This is one of the most obscene things I've ever witnessed. And it's just one. Oh, no, there's more. Oh, no, oh, there's, 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 like, there's, there's six of them, more. seven of them. It's almost as if it's a cattle call and Ghislaine Maxwell is like, why am I in jail? Uh, <laughs> you guys are doing the exact same thing under the guise of River Dance. So there you go. What's the title of this People article? This is just a little People article here. So Nancy Pelosi marks St. Patrick's Day with poem written by Bono about Russia's invasion in Ukraine. This is Thank the you, least Fernando. Irish music I've ever heard, I was going to say, how what is happened this to river the, the fiddles and the da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Okay, I think we've heard enough uh, of that, whatever gravy. that is. Um, My God. They're tone deaf in, in every way, both in a musical sense, a political sense. And uh, if you are a person who is currently bleeding to death on the streets of Ukraine, don't worry. Bono wrote a poem, yeah. and Nancy Pelosi read it, and her pride in reading it is just so endemic mm. of why our politicians are hated. That is just, it's so not effective. I mean, uh, to, <laughs> to talk about Ukraine, to, to, uh, med, uh, to remember Ukraine uh. during St. Patrick's Day in such a Weird way. It's like uh, it's like the the a bar trying to make green beer out of a Ukrainian flag colored beer. We got right. our yellow beer. Mm. We got our blue beer. We combine it. And now it's green beer. Happy St. Patrick's Day! But also Ukraine. It is. Uh, yeah. Again, people need help, and uh, that is not going to do it. I think what we've learned is, hey, rock stars, stay out of politics. Just stay um. out of it, because it doesn't. And oh, you know, it's hard. Has there, you know, speaking of Bono. Mm. What about Sonny Bono? Oh, he, mm. he's a musician he became, that actually did quite well in politics. He became a congressman. But then he, he, but then ran he died into in a, a skiing accident. Yeah, he, ran, yeah, he did uh, very poorly on the mountain. On the yes. mountain. So yes. that's, uh, that's, yeah, a good that's, point. that's a good point, though. You also make a good point because he did die running into a tree there. Yes. Uh, and I can't think of any other politicians who are currently serving who are in office. Rock Joe stars? Walsh, uh, but he's not that Joe Walsh. Yeah, he's not the cool Joe he's Walsh. He's not the, uh, yeah. Andrew Blinken has a band. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna die. That's pretty sweet. Actually. Isn't it Abe Lincoln or something? It, yeah, Abe Lincoln. I think it's Abe Lincoln. The name you of the band. Not this even band better not be called Abe Lincoln Top Hat. I, oh my know, God. If he Whatever. starts wearing a top hat, we're in trouble. We're in trouble anyway. We're about to be in a nuclear war. Um, but don't worry, Bono wrote a poem. Okay. And he flew his hat first class. He literally does that. Also, everything that Bono thought he was doing to help people hurt people and UNICEF and what they did basically just completely gutted an entire economy by giving free rice, which then it led to everyone being homeless because farm work was no longer needed because you can't compete with zero. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I'm not a fan. If I'm you're a, a rock star, stay out of politics, <laughs> please, please, Lord, at least until after you're set. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That uh, as well. Speaking Paying of customers. speaking of rock stars in politics, Kanye. Listen to when Kanye West said he's going to run for uh, president in 2024, and then the audience laughs, and he's so delusional. He's like, "What are you laughing at? Uh, uh, because you're a joke. Because you are a freaking joke. And I know you're wealthier and richer than me, um, but you know what? 
Doesn't mean you're not a punchline. All right. Well, let's play something serious to go out on. Uh, this was from Democracy Now. If you haven't been watching, if you have not been watching Democracy Now, Amy Goodman, when it comes to events like this, they are unlike us. They can take things more seriously, mm-hmm. and they don't have to make jokes no to, uh, to no. deal with the horror <laughs> of this reality. Um, but this was a really powerful segment uh, that was run, run on Democracy Now. All journalists now in Ukraine are gone. Um, so sad. It's again what's done in the darkness. It hopefully gets brought to the light. But there's just going to be a lot of a lot of things being done that we're never going to know about, and it's really horrible. So this is from one of the last journalists in Mariupol and uh and it's just it's really powerful and uh, we just wanted you to listen to it and it's it's sad um but it's so important so let's uh listen to Amy Goodman here this is from Democracy Now AP video journalist Mr. Slav Chernov has provided a harrowing account of life under bombardment in Mariupol I want to read a part of his description of what he witnessed for our television audience, we'll also show images of Mariupol by Sergei Makarov, the photographer you can go to, uh, from the area. They were provided to us by Human Rights Watch. Absolute These scale. are the words of AP's Mr. Slav Chernov. He writes, one bomb at a time, the Russians cut electricity, water, food supplies, and finally, crucially, the cell phone, radio, and television towers. The few other journalists in the city got out before the last connections were gone and a full blockade settled in. The deaths came fast. On February 27th, we watched as a doctor tried to save a little girl hit by shrapnel. She died. Mm. A second child died, then a third. Ambulances stopped Mm. picking up the wounded because people couldn't call them without a signal, and they couldn't navigate the bombed-out streets. Shelling hit the hospital and the houses around. It shattered the windows of our van, blew a hole into its side, and punctured a tire. Sometimes we would run out to film a burning house and then run back amidst the explosions. By this time, I'd witnessed deaths at the hospital, corpses in the streets, dozens of bodies shoved into a mass grave. I'd seen so much death that I was filming almost without taking it in. On March 9th, twin airstrikes shredded the plastic taped over our van's windows. I saw the fireball just a heartbeat before pain pierce my inner ear, my skin, my face. We watched smoke rise from a maternity hospital. When we arrived, emergency workers were still pulling bloodied pregnant women from the ruins. Those are the words of the Associated Press's Mr. Slav Chernoff, who spent 20 right. days in Mariupol documenting the Russian siege. Thank you, Fernando. Wow. And Ooh. what's going on right now when it comes to that region, that area, apparently there's a lot of people who are currently being deported to Russia, uh, these residents. And wow. obviously, again, the comparisons, it being that this is Europe and people are being deported to a foreign country, most likely to be murdered. There are proper comparisons to what happened in WW2. And of course, now with the fear of a uh, uh, explosion of N-words, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, anyway, maybe we should listen to Vlad. Maybe we should listen to what Vladimir has to say. Here. Oh, he's okay. fighting the deep state, man. That's uh, the deep state. Can't you tell all these pregnant women are with the deep state? Oh, they're with the deep state. Yeah. That's why they're pregnant. They're, they're, I'm the they're I'm looking <laughs> You're not allowed in. Yeah, because you're not allowed in. This is a TGA Fridays. <laughs> Uh, Stay away, you hack. All right, everyone. Oh, well, anyway, hang in there, everybody. We This is the only episode this week uh, because I got to go travel on the road. I'll see you in Jacksonville and Memphis. I'm going to go uh, look at the king's toilet. Oh, yeah, that's where he died. I think that's true. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. The ghoulies killed him. And, uh, and then, of course, we're also going to be in Atlanta. So I can't wait to see you all on the road. And we'll be back with you next week. We'll give you the twofer, as usual. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep you up to date the best that we can. And uh, may God, uh, let's just do whatever. If you pray, pray. If mm-hmm. you do rituals, do a ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff does matter when it comes to uh, creating a positive energy because right now this divisiveness is killing us. It just depends on how religious you are on a scale of 1 to 10. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Dasvidaniya. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, 
Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.